Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. Uh, I am so excited to share with you about something that has been burning in my heart. Uh, in October, uh, when I got that diagnosis with my inner ear and found out that the bone was gone, uh, in one moment you feel like it is a little crisis because of some limitation and he started to speak to me about the strength of weakness. But it's interesting that change is very difficult for us, uh, most of us. And usually we change because we hurt enough where we have to. And then we start to learn enough where we want to change. And then we receive enough where we're able to change. And sometimes we do not even know if we have drifted a little bit away, uh, including you can drift away from your first love until eventually there's certain crisis moments that comes in Sometimes it can be health, it can be circumstances. Something happens in your life where you start to ask some question. You start to pursue him. And as you start to get hunger and you start to honor him and you're going after him. And that's kind of what started to happen with me in the end of October. And it was almost like as you're going down, when you're clearing your desk and then you're putting in, what is that one thing? What is that holy, holy ambition? And that's the topic today. And then I realize, go back, I say, go back to the future, go back to the time when you first met him, when you left your country and you followed him, go back to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire experience, go back to the baptism of love, or go back to GMA in the early days when we started it. And some of the things you said no to because you had a big enough yes. Some of the things that, as I say, you were willing to sacrifice everything because you had these Isaiah 6 moment where you placed yourself in the offering plate and you were like a coin in his hand and you said, that you can spend me in whatever way you want to. And then over a period of time, you get blessed and you accumulate things. And suddenly before we know it, we were in, we have a beautiful masterclass and you have products, you have conferences, you have marketplace, I'm doing a doctor degree and you're doing mission and you have all these doors in favor and life starts to be a little bit complex. And sometimes in the middle of the complexity, it is time for us to simplify so that we can clarify so that we can purify and again multiply. And I wanted to read some scripture verses that took me back to December 1999, right around the time when I had my baptism of love. But in the season when we realized the early foundation of global mission awareness. Let me start with a couple of verses before. Just let's take a time in Romans chapter 15. And we start in verse 17. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus, in the things which pertaining to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and deed, and to make the Gentiles obedient, in mighty signs and wonders, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that, from Jerusalem and around about to Illyricum, I have fully, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. 
And here is the key in verse 20. And so I made it my aim. And so I made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. Because it is written, to whom he was announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. But now, no longer having a place in these parts, having a great desire these many years to come, whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you. For I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while. I don't know why these verses stood out to me, but I started to meditate on the holy ambition. There's something here about Jesus. Jesus know who he was. He knew uh, what his assignment was. And in John 17, 4, which is the life verse for me. Where Jesus says, Father, I have glorified you here on earth and I have finished everything that you called me to do. To live and love in such a way that you bring glory to the Father and you finish well. You finish everything that he called you to do. We see it very clearly with Jesus. He endured the suffering because the joy set before him. He knew his assignment, why he was here on planet earth. He had an eternal perspective. The eternal was his internal, and as a result, he could change the external. The Apostle Paul is very similar, and I've been always very fascinated by the Apostle Paul. But the verse that stood out to me that very day that is part of something that is burning in my life, and and I want us to know a little bit of the difference, because Paul, even at the time, we know that Peter and some of them, the primary calling for Jesus was the Jewish community, and the same was with Peter. When Paul had this encounter, he could minister both to the Jews and to the Gentiles. But suddenly there was this holy ambition. There was something God placed. Where did he get this holy ambition that I need to take this gospel of Jesus? Cannot just continue to feed the same people I've been fed before. Not just doing conferences where there is conferences where the gospel is. I need to make sure that the places where Jesus has not been, those darkest places where the light has not been, the places where they've never experiencing the first coming of Jesus, while other people started to look at the watch, they didn't have watches, but they were waiting for the second coming of Jesus. Paul said, now starting here in Jerusalem, I'm going to go on this whole journey. And this is without having cars or airplanes or anything else. But if you start to study the long journey they went through and ended up in what is Illyricum, Albania, so you go from the Italy and you're looking at some Syria, you're looking at the journey that he went on strategically. It was focus. It was not easy. And later on, you see the price that he paid, but he had this holy ambition. He woke up in the morning with a big enough yes that he was willing to say no to everything else. And he starts to describe this very thing of the signs, wonders, and miracles that he talked about this gospel of Christ. That he needed to make sure that it's going to be preached and that the people is going to hear it for the ones that never heard it. That was his holy ambition. I don't know what is your holy ambition. I don't know what you're waking up in the morning. But again, Paul, marketplace guy, brilliant guy, good theologian. There's so many different things he could do. And there's so many things that I can do. But that holy ambition for him, where did he get it from? Well, the verse right afterwards in Romans 15, 21 describes, he says, to whom he was not announced, to whom he has not heard. 
they're going to hear. The ones that has not been announced, they are eventually going to see. So he wanted people that have not heard yet to hear. Where did he get this from? The Holy Word. It's not just that he had a holy ambition that came from him and said, hey, I have a plan and here's what I want to do. But Paul knew the word of God. He knew the scripture. And somehow in the book of Isaiah, he realized there's people that have not heard. There's people that have not understood. Those people need to see. These people need to hear. And there was something that started to burn when he meditated under the word of God. So his holy ambition eventually came from a holy word that he had from God. It was from the word of God in itself. It was not just that he had an encounter or word of knowledge, which is important, but it was something that he based this upon, that if that's the case in the word of God, then I am going to make sure that I can go, I can go to the bank as we will say, this is unshakable. This is a word from God. This is a desire from God. And if this is what God wants, the very thing he says, to whom he has not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. Isaiah said that. I'm going to make sure they're going to see. I'm going to make sure they understand. I'm going to make sure that the gospel, which is the good news, is going to be so clear. And I'm taking that on myself, whatever it takes, whatever it costs. And I'm saying no to anything else to say yes to that one thing. And that started to burn in me. This started to be the difference. There's so many different things that I could say yes to. But I realized that in the middle of the business, and that could have been for the Apostle Paul, what he says in the next verse, for this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. He wanted to come. This is our churches. This is our family. This is the conferences. These are the supporters. These are. There's so many different reasons I want to come to you to speak at the main event and the main conference and everything. Everybody's asking for Paul. They want him to come. And these are his people. But he said, I, I, I've been hindered. But I want you to know why I've been hindered. It's not that I don't love you and I want to come, but I just need to make sure the main thing is the main thing. That his last command is my first priority. There's something that drives me. I just, if I'm saying yes to you, I'm actually saying no to following this very strategy to making sure that the gospel is following into the places where the gospel has never been before. And for me to say yes to that, I've been hindered to come to you. And he said, when I'm finished this assignment, then I, I hope to stop by. I know you guys have been supporting me and you've been part of that. That's what Paul is describing here. And I realized it was like reading my mail. And I can be honest, uh, this is not something that is even a personal desire. It's not a personal ambition. It would be much easier to sell books, sign books, say yes to some TV programs, speak at some of the nice conferences. You have the invitation, doors open. And I'm very blessed in this season. I even had a counselor that was trying to describe to me, hey, you have an opportunity. You could do 12 major events that... It's so nice and you love to do it. You have all those people that celebrate you. You have the large settings that they treat you in a very beautiful way. And he didn't realize the more he was describing what for most people would have been a heaven on earth. But for me, I realized that is not my holy ambition. How could I feed these people over and over and over again and even sign books to the people that have access and have just another book in the library when there's all those people out there that has not yet heard the gospel. So I'm in a season where I've had to reorganize in my life. It's not that we are not going to do the master classes or have the school of ministry online. We're just creating an as a product. And you have an opportunity if you want that as a product. 
I encourage you because you can get all those videos, the whole school, you can take it home. But I've realized that not just my energy, but our staff, everyone, we need to be involved in this, making sure that we, they don't get the leftover. We cannot letting the people that have not yet heard the gospel, the people that are out there. And the primer, I wanted you just to get this into perspective for a few moments. Because Jesus will not come back until they've heard the gospel. This is very, very clear throughout all scriptures, all the way from the covenant of Abraham, that all the nations on the earth is going to be blessed as a result of this seed. There is still an award nation when this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness or testimony to all ethnos, all nations. Paul had this ambition, but I realized we have lost this ambition. And it is so easy, including myself, to be distracted. It is so easy for so many of us that there are so many other things that this is not our holy ambition. And I'm not saying that everybody is like Apostle Paul or like myself, apostolic in the nature that we are not going to build on somebody else's foundation. Because it's very clearly that Paul honored what Barnabas was doing and he honored what Timothy was doing. So we do need local pastors. We do need marketplace people. Paul had some people that actually, and we're going to do a whole podcast just on the, some of the patrons that actually made it possible for him to do his part. But I do, my calling with this podcast for many of us, every one of us have a responsibility to be involved in this by praying, by giving. And if you have not had an opportunity to go, is to go. And last night, I was just talking to Micah for a second. And one of the testimony that touched me deeply, uh, I was sharing a little bit of what I'm sharing here in Colorado quite a few years back. One of my spiritual sons is Jason. He was a Marine, and some of you have heard his story and perhaps even seen the podcast that we did. He's totally blind, and he was eventually severely, I mean, I'm talking about severely injured, and has never been the same as we result. He was in Iraq, Serb country. He signed up after September 11. But what happened, and these Muslims, what they did to him, he came home. He heard about this glorious gospel. Saved, born again, but he had this struggle, of course, because of... He never see again. There's so many things he's never been able to do. And actually, I just saw some big pieces of metal that are still coming out of his brain. I mean, he has been so affected by this. But he came up to me, he heard this message, that this holy ambition. And I never forget that night he came up. Somebody led him up to me the first time we met. And he placed a check for $1,000 into my hand. And he says, I do not have a chance to go. But I want you to take this gospel of Jesus to the ones that did this to me. I want you to take the light and I want you to take the love to the ones that did this. Realizing what he realized, we do not have a darkness problem, but lack of light. And this is part of my passion in this season where I realize this is not a guilt trip. But I want us at least, global mission awareness is to get an awareness of what is actually taking place. That... Uh, all over the world. It's not that they have said no to Jesus. They've just not yet heard. And how are they going to hear if nobody takes the gospel? What is that urgency that the Apostle Paul had burning in him? And it is very interesting that of the majority of the workers that we spend uh, only 50 cents out of every $100 of mission money to do what Paul said as a holy ambition. It's to take the gospel, the good news, to the ones that have never heard. So if this is the number one on God's 
calendar. This is number one on God's priority. Make sure that everyone at least once hear the good news. Let everybody know how good Papa God is and how loved they are. Let everyone experiencing a God just like Jesus. Let everyone before they die. But even as we are gathered today, 45,000 people will die and they never once had an opportunity to hear the gospel. That's what got Paul, the Apostle Paul, awake at night. That's what got him up in the morning, willing to go to shipwreck, willing to go to everything else, making sure there's no distraction, saying I've been hindered, all those other things. I just, I'm so sorry, guys. I, I wanted to do this. I want to sign a book. I want to do this. I want, there's so many things I want to do. But I'm getting back again into that lane and staying within my lane and the primary lane to live and love in such a way and to take the good news and the gospel to the darkest places in the world. Did you also know that it's almost like if we, I'm sitting here with a cure and there's this disease that's going on. What if I had the cure and over, there's only one doctor for every 450,000, meaning there's only one Christian worker among 450,000 Muslims. It's the largest group. I don't know if you realize that. For every 450,000 Muslims, we only have one missionary or one pastor or one person that want to take the light. So I am not saying that everybody is called to do it, but I believe that there is a calling for more people out there that will see this as a holy ambition. Then I was also thinking about some of the people that was behind the Bible translation. Did you know, we know the William Tyndale and we know a lot of the different names, but maybe you didn't know Humphrey. Maybe you didn't know the story about this one. And we're going to learn more about that. The people that was behind that also had a holy ambition. I cannot go there, but let me tell you something. Let me make sure that the Bible is being translated. And right now, everyone can be involved. So if you're a businessman, oh, I just pray that you will have a that you will have a mission virus and you will find out whoever you're supposed to partner with or going alongside. Some of you maybe did what Jesus places on your heart is to get the Jesus film translated or get the Bible into every language or other ones is maybe help some of that. And I think it's one of the best investments we can do is to raise up indigenous leaders that already know the culture and the price because it takes seven, eight years for one of us to eventually even just getting over there and get the visas and get the passports, learning the language, but the indigenous and it costs so much less. And for us to invest in some and empower some of the indigenous leadership on the front line that are willing to give the light, they're willing to live their family, to take the light and the love into the darkest places. We have many of these Apostle Pauls, but Apostle Paul had a couple of people supporting him and that's one of my major mission and one of my major calling. I know many of you have supported me and some of the things that I get to do. But my primary thing in this next season, that's going to be one thing. I am going to go, going to continue. And I cannot even share here public some of the places. But one of the places that excites me is that for over 2,000 years, there is no church in a whole area, whole region. 130 different ethnical groups that has no gospel, no church, no missionary, no, at least we're not aware of it according to the Joshua Project list. And when I realized that, I knew for all of us that are in the light business, it is time for us to invest in light. And when I realized that, people say, well, you are called to do that. No, I'm not called. I'm similar like Apostle Paul. I'm just realizing in heaven they are represented. Book of Revelation chapter 5, Book of Revelation chapter 7. We are represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. How are they going to be in heaven if they didn't meet Jesus here on earth? 
That means somebody out there must have taken the gospel for them to be in heaven. And could it be, if I were the devil, could it be the biggest thing that the devil is doing in this season is distracting us so that we are fixing all the different leaks and putting most of the resources of things that is not going to matter for eternity. If he can only distract us from making the main thing the main thing and making sure that everyone gets to hear the gospel and having this holy ambition. So my prayer for each one of us today is that we're going to capture this holy ambition. And you're going to find what your holy ambition is. As a school teacher, you say, thank God it is Monday. And you're going into that classroom and you see there is a Joseph, there is a Daniel, and you will become an environment changer. If you are a businessman, again, you're going to represent good news. And you're going to see the connection, how that you are going to be involved and making sure that part of what you do is investing in life and in love. I want you just to know this is my heart. This is my calling. So many of the people are even watching this that are part of GMA or part of the Kingdom Partners. We are going to double our effort this year in what we are doing. I'm saying no to some of the other things and I'm not apologizing for inviting people to say yes to this one holy ambition. The doors is open up. The favor is there. We pay the price for almost 27 years of building relationship and trust. We actually even just graduated almost 200 pastors and evangelists just in Pakistan. But the doors is open, a little bit open. And we have an opportunity to take the light, the love, to get the word of God and to make sure that these people will experience the very gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and have an opportunity to get their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So we're going to plant these lighthouses of love all over the Middle East. We are going to make sure that everyone at least once hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was Paul's holy ambition. I have this based upon 146 scripture verses. Paul only had one verse. I have 146 scripture verses all the way from the covenant to Abraham to Moses to David. And it just goes on and on of all these verses. And I read the book of ending. The reason I'm going to be a good investor in my life. I saw how everything ends. It started well. It started with God and it ends with God. It started with a family and it ends with a family represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. So we're going to see a move of God's spirit in this season as God's people are now waking up and saying, hey, arise and shine, your light has come. And we are getting involved in this holy ambition to making sure that everyone, it's the biggest injustice in the world, that everyone at least once is going to know the gospel. That was Paul's holy ambition. That's what I've said yes to. I've dedicated my life and I'm willing, like what Paul says, to get rid of anything else to make sure I stay within my lane. So pray for me in regard to that. I need grace. Some of you have different other responsibility. I need some of you to support, some of you to pray. Perhaps if you're not a partner, we have these, what we call kingdom partners. But I was just thinking about just one of those people that are out there, $100 a month that is actually that one person, the life that you are keeping the light on in regard to, that is waking up in the morning and is going into their village. Don't know if their wife is going to be raped, but you're giving that person an opportunity to wake up in the morning, to support that person, to take the gospel to people I never would be able to. Somebody else that I know that is out there, and I don't want to mention the name, but is giving $100, kingdom partner. And as a result, we have this lady who was a witch 
in Havana controlled a lot of the kingdom of darkness. She has a major encounter with Jesus, just like the apostle Saul became an apostle Paul. The radical transformation in her life. She has a lighthouse of love. And she's led over 100 people to Jesus in the last year because one of you said yes. So my heart is, I'm making sure that all of them have all the support that they need. They're going to have the New Testaments to be able to get out. Get out. They're going to be able to provide the technology. We're going to do it in every way that we can to make sure that this glorious good news, the resurrected life of Jesus is going to be proclaimed and demonstrated so that they will have an opportunity experience what I've experienced, what you have experienced. And as a result of that, the world will not be the same. So Father, I thank you that you are reminding us about our first love. Thank you that you are inviting us, you're inviting us to be part of that. That not one single person that is watching at this moment feel overwhelmed by how big this task is. That all of us can make a difference. We all can pray. We can all get educated. That's what global mission awareness is about. To have an awareness. Somebody that will speak in behalf of the ones that don't have a voice. Somebody will speak to the women behind the veil. Somebody will speak to the people that I got from pictures on the phone yesterday from Medina and from Mecca. And so many of those people, they never experienced what Saul experienced an encounter with a Jesus that will open up their eyes in their blindness and they will see. We speak to Ishmael to come home. Oh, we speak to the Hindu wall. Oh, let the Hindus experiencing Jesus. To the over 600 million Buddhists, we're speaking to them right now. A lot of the atheists, the Father specifically in the area where the gospel has not been penetrated right now, just mobilize this incredible, incredible family of sons and daughters of glory, of love ambassadors that are willing to say yes. I bless you with a holy ambition that you will wake up every morning with a new purpose and passion and join God in what he is doing. In Jesus' name, thank you for being part of this. Thank you for investing in your time, talent, and treasure of something that's going to have an eternal value. Love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif Hetland on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.